Our scripture text this morning is from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 33. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. The word of God for the people of God. Wes alluded to this just a moment ago in his prayer concerns or in his introduction to prayer, that this is a season, it's an imagery of emptying, of preparing and gathering. So I begin this morning by reminding you that one of the first creeds of the early Christian church that wasn't written down, but it was learned, it was embraced. It was, it was a part of the identity <clears throat> of the early Christian community and the church in Philippi. To have this mind among you that Jesus did not see himself equal with God, but he emptied himself and he came from heaven to be a servant and took on the flesh of human experience. And the very end of that text goes like this. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and every tongue confess that he is Lord and Savior of us all. Jesus, we're told that at the name of Jesus, the demons trembled. Jesus, at the name of Jesus, Satan fleed in fear. Have you ever said that out loud when you felt spiritually attacked from some experience of evil? To call the name Jesus from your heart with passion at the mention of that name to find a deep peace. Over the next few months or next few weeks, we'll hear about this name This name, Jesus, the one whom the angel Gabriel came to deliver the message to a young woman whose life would be forever changed. Names can do that. They have that power, especially the name, which we believe is above all names. The key passage has been written this morning and read. It comes from Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, 
mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I focused this morning on the text from Luke, which I found to be an interesting way to engage and begin to lay out this whole theme about the name above all names. Because I want us to focus from from the beginning on the person who was called by God to help raise Jesus from an infant unto a man of favor and wisdom and stature with God. Mary, the mother of Jesus, has had a difficult run in history of Christian thought. Some people don't know how to regard Mary's place in salvation history. In some circles, she's been given divine status. But in our Protestant circles, Mary has often been ignored. Now, Mark Allen Powell suggests that we have many churches named St. Mark's. I've served one of those. We have churches named St. Luke. We have churches named St. Matthew. St. Stephen's, and even St. Andrew's, but we don't have many Protestant churches named St. Mary's. But the writer of the Gospel of Luke doesn't see Mary as an exalted goddess or even as a woman or even as the mother of Jesus. Luke, throughout his Gospel, from the beginnings where we see Mary to the very end when we see Mary at the foot of the cross. Luke sees Mary as a model of discipleship. That's how Luke portrays Mary. It can be easily overlooked because his his perspective is different from the other gospels. In Luke, when the angel Gabriel announces that she will be the mother of the Son of God, she replies, Let it be with me in accordance with your word. Not my will be done, but thy will be done. And according to Luke, if those words sound familiar, those are the very words that Jesus spoke. When he was in the garden, when he was agonizing over the circumstances of his life, when he was facing death, it was those words. Do you think Do you think that he'd ever heard them before, maybe? Do you ever think about things your mama used to say or your daddy used to say, and sometimes they just come out and go, I sound just like my mama, or I sound just like my... Jesus was raised and nurtured in Mary's home. In both instances, from the lips of Mary and for the lips of Jesus, these are responses to God in humble trust and obedience. Mary. Now, the Old Testament contains others who've been approached by God. You may remember the story of Samuel. Last week, there is the story in the witness of Moses that I shared with you. And there's a pattern to some of the ways in which these stories have evolved. This pattern is like this. First, there is a greeting from God, either through an angelic presence or even God himself. 
And then there's a startled reaction. Remember, Moses was in the wilderness. He thought he'd gotten away from his past. And there was God speaking, as it were, out of a bush that seemed burning. And remember, Moses was startled, and and God said, take off your shoes. And then he was told not to fear. Do you know there's a phrase in the Bible, do not be afraid, that's over a hundred times? Don't be afraid. And then there's usually some divine commission, some direction from God. You shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people. And oftentimes, there's an objection to this challenge, this invitation, because most of the time when God called someone to do something, it was not an easy task. It was a great task. And it was a way in which God would be revealed to a set of circumstances, to a people with a challenge who needed hope. And God worked through ordinary people. But God always gave confirmation. God always gave a sign. Here in our text, Mary receives such a word. She's being called to do something as important as any prophet before her. She's being asked to bear and raise the Son of God. And the favor that comes upon Mary is not about comfort or royal status because she's not going to be elevated as the queen mother. Luke wants us to know that she's not only going to be the physical mother of Jesus, but her life of faith. And here's where it comes for us. Her life of faith will be one that any of us can emulate. Her life of faith would be one that any follower of her son would want to believe and trust. Whatever the blessing Mary receives, we can all share in it as faithful followers. We may not be the physical parents of Jesus, but we, through God's faithfulness, can be a witness because the name of Jesus can have an impact on our lives. Mary believed. And Luke offers further testimony later on in his gospel. Jesus is teaching, and a woman calls out, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that nursed you. And Jesus replies to this lady who was, who was sincere in honoring Mary. Jesus says, It's more blessed to be the one who hears the word of God and obeys it. Jesus loved his mother. He loved the gifts she gave him of care and nurture and love. But his mother loved her son. Not only was he her son, but he became her Lord and her master. Her obedience was more than her physical and emotional connection to Jesus. Her life of faith was bound in trust that her son would fulfill all the hopes and dreams God had for him. Jesus, Jesus, the name above all names, is no historically distant figure. He's the one who created from the beginning and redeemed at the right time and is still the name that charms our fears and bids our sorrows cease. He is the one who inspires ordinary people like Mary 
to give their lives in service and compassion for the cause of justice in the world today. Did you hear that in what Morgan read this morning with the candle? That this candle is awesome, is about justice for all people? Jesus, the name that charms our fears, that he is the one. He is the one that cares about the conditions of not only the world he came into, which was ruled by power and dominance by Caesar. He cares about the world today we live in that's ruled by greed and fear and worry. It's not just a name that sounds good. It's not a theological jargon term. It's not about dogma and differences. It's about a name that gets in us. What Wes spoke about earlier in his prayer, Emmanuel has come to live among us, to dwell with us and in us and through us, to continue the work of his kingdom if we would follow and would allow his name to impact us. Last week, I attended the senior adult luncheon here. We call it the Wesley Club. And the words of our special guest, the speaker, is the director of the Edward Street Fellowship Community Center, Ann McCullen. She glowed as she spoke about Edward Street's ministry over the past several years And she told our group of the dream that the board of directors that Edward Street had for the last 20 years, the leadership then was more directly impacted by Dr. Ava Brown. And I've been told the general, Miss Lonette, she uh, was something else. There was another person and part of that dream team back then for Edward Street, whose name I share. They dreamed of a health clinic, and, and they dreamed of a ministry that would reach the needs of people who fall between the gaps of governmental services. And today, my friends, today, Edward Street is partnering with physicians and dentists and established medical services to bring health care to, to an underserved population in the Pine Belt. God is at work. God is at work in perseverance and persistence and upon the grace of local health care and faith-based partnership to make this 20-year-old dream a reality. Jesus has an impact through ordinary faithful people who commit themselves to be faithful to him, to his lordship, and to his word. Jesus is for today, not for yesterday, not a decade ago. Jesus is relevant when faithful people trust his word and obey his call to live in harmony with creation, to love him with our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength, to love in relationship to those around us, those around the corner from us, and those around the globe. This way of living is kingdom living. And the kingdom, and in the kingdom, there's only one king. 
There's only one Lord. A suffering, self-giving God who rides on a donkey, not a prancing stallion. This is God's way of expressing his name above all other names. And like Mary's example today, we had that opportunity. We had that opportunity once again to be refreshed and to reclaim and to place his name where it deserves to be if we say we are followers. How does your witness compare to Mary's? How does your devotion to Jesus express itself and your daily living, your daily patterns of activity? How often do you spend in silence? Or like Mary, pondering about Jesus. She devoted her life to preparing a home for him, to help him mature and to continue to grow in stature and favor with, with God as he discovered his identity. How often do we think about our identity in Christ and what that means for us and how God wants to come and dwell in our lives? Over the course of this Advent season, you're invited to take that walk past the sanctuary entrance to the prayer room. God spoke to Susan. I believe that and I trust that. And she shared this vision with us about an opportunity for prayer. And I am grateful and indebted to that. And with creativity and with direction and with some time on, on our part, we have an opportunity to walk through that experience and be renewed, to be challenged, to have our imaginations massaged and to place the name of Jesus in its rightful place in our lives. I hope that you will take that opportunity and avail yourself to it. You see, our shared ministry, as you well know, is, is being challenged with financial challenges like never before. And this is an opportunity with everyone who identifies with our congregation to step forward together and our combined efforts take our church into the future because there are people in this community who depend upon Parkway Heights. May we continue to support that with our time and our talent and our resources. So I'm asking you this morning, how will you listen for God's coming this Advent? Like Mary, it can be overwhelming. And you may question your abilities to respond to challenges that are before you. But if God is calling you, God will equip you. And your witness will affirm his place. That his name is still the name above all names. I know it happens day in and day out in people's lives. People who sit in this congregation. Uh, a week and a half ago, I was walking through the parking lot. Someone blew the horn and, and waved and I stopped and we had a conversation. And what I discovered 
in that conversation is that this woman thanked me. She said, I want you to know I've been spending time today with some of our senior adults at one of our local facilities. She said, I'm so glad you told us about the need to extend ourselves and to get to know our seniors better because there are people who spent their lives making a contribution to our church and now they can't come and be part of our church life as they once did. And she said, it's really made a big difference to me. She says, I come and and I help make dresses on Wednesday nights for our mission. But she says, this has really helped and inspired me. And I want to thank you for that. They're in this room. They sit where you sit. They hear and listen as you have to the call of God, to the name above all names who is asking you today to serve him, to love him, to share him. That's how God continues to proclaim his name. He works through the Marys and the Johns and the ordinary people who in humble service glorify God. So remember the words of Mary when you hear God call you. Let it be so in accordance with your will, not mine, but thine be done. Will you pray that prayer today? And each day as we journey through Advent, in preparation for the one whose name is above all names, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, let us pray. Oh God, as we come to adore you with our presence, as we offer our gifts to you of finance and of learning and sharing and giving, may your presence be made known in our living. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.